0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the real estate podcast. We're talking with Peter Tulip, who is the chief economist at the Centre for Independent Studies. Now, just a little bit of a background of from Peter: his previous work included the research department of the Reserve Bank for Australia and a stint at the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. And his recent research focuses on housing and monetary policy. Hey, Peter. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. G'day Craig, glad to be with you. Nice to have you on and I guess housing and monetary policy keeps you pretty busy these days, particularly given the incredibly challenging times ahead in the current market that we're all living in.
1: Yeah, they're two very big policy issues. I think they're two of the biggest problems Australia's facing at the moment.
0: Well, let's have a look at uh, home ownership because that's a little bit of a problem. It's always been a fundamental goal in the Australian psyche. It's been a mindset that has been passed down. It can be argued from generation to generation to own your own home. However, it is on the decline. So tell us a little bit about some of your key findings around this. Yeah, so amongst our parents' generation or our grandparents'
1: generation, it was very common for young families to buy a home of their own, but that's just not happening anymore. So it used to be that home ownership amongst 20 to 30-year-olds was something like 60% back in the 1980s, and now it's fallen to below 45%. So there's been this huge fall in home ownership of young families, and the reason for it is the cost. That families just have real difficulty getting the deposit together. That saving for typically you want to put down 20%, and with prices rising as quickly as they have, families just don't have that money anymore.
0: And you know, the worst part about this is that there's no silver bullet. It's not like in 2022 this is going to change, or in 2023. What are some of your thoughts around that whole aspect?
1: Yeah, so Craig, that's the thing that we've been working on a lot at the Centre of Independence, that is. We think that the reason housing is so expensive in Australia is because of planning restrictions or what a lot of people call zoning or land use restrictions. It's just very difficult to supply housing. Just simple economics, when
0: you restrict the supply, the price goes up And rental stress is also on the rise, and I don't think that comes as any great shock to people that are listening to the podcast, but there are also some other aspects surrounding that. So tell us a little bit about what other factors are at play. Right. So it's not just a problem for homeowners. About a third of the population
1: typically rents. It's actually an increasing share. They're being squeezed really badly. The housing cost is not just the price, but rents have also risen a lot. So we've done a lot of work trying to estimate the effects of planning restrictions and zoning restrictions on housing costs. A common finding is that the effect is huge. So in terms of house prices, we estimate that land use restrictions increase the cost of housing by about 73%. And then that's for Sydney, it's a bit less in the other big cities. And then for apartments, cost of buying an apartment by 68%.
0: So they're very large effects. And sometimes research numbers and figures around land restrictions being a problem, which is what you're talking about, increasing property prices, they are at times shot down by people who will argue that high prices have nothing to do with land restrictions because the land restrictions have barely been changed for decades. So what is the counter to that assertion?
1: Yeah, so so that's true. It's, It's actually, it's because the restrictions haven't changed that's the problem, that we have steadily increasing demand, you know, higher incomes, higher population, lower interest rates. But supply is not adjusting to meet that extra demand. Where it's as though we've frozen the structure of our cities in place the way it was in our parents' or grandparents' day. So we've still got a fixed supply interacting with growing demand, and that results in higher prices. If it was in a well-functioning market, you'd have an increase in quantity. We'd be building more houses. But our zoning restrictions make it very difficult to do that. And so we get this affordability problem instead.
0: So, Peter, Federal Parliament has a review underway. Uh, What would you like to see from that Federal Parliament review? Yeah,
1: so it's being chaired by Jason Falinski, one of the local Sydney politicians. They're examining a range of issues. Our sense is that the key problem with housing affordability is, as I say, planning restrictions. We need to be building more housing, and that means we need to get the planning restrictions that prevent that out of the way to allow apartment buildings to go up and to allow detached houses to be converted into medium and higher density. Unfortunately, it's those restrictions are largely the responsibility of state governments, and, or in some states, local governments. And the federal government, which is running this inquiry, doesn't have direct responsibility. Partly, we're just hoping that the current inquiry will put a spotlight on the issue to explain the dimensions of the problem and the need for change. We also think the federal government should be channeling more money into easing planning restrictions. So it should be creating incentives for state and local governments to build more.
0: Boy, oh boy, construction costs are not helping, are they, for new builds on the rise at the moment? It's not helping, but it's, I think people overstate their significance. The
1: places where housing is really expensive, most of the cost of it is land. The actual structure that goes into a new house in Sydney or Melbourne is typically only a third of the value of the property. It is true that construction costs
0: have been rising quickly, but it's land costs that are the huge problem. And since we're talking about, you know, builds and and restrictions particularly on land, one of the counters for land use restrictions especially around high density housing is that it's ugly and overcrowding along with noise which will change the character of established neighborhoods which i guess is, you know, very valid but What do you think the balance overall with regard to social priority needs to sort of be in this area?
1: Yes, so Craig, we argue that zoning restrictions and planning regulations are the main reason that housing is so expensive. And in particular, it's so difficult to put up high density housing. And the reason for that is that, as you say, local residents don't like new apartment towers. They think they're ugly and they lead to congestion. That's a that's a fair comment. I don't think those the views of noisy opponents are really representative. There are actually a lot of people that like high density housing. And you can see that just in the real estate ads where people will list you know, proximity to shops, proximity to transport, all the other features of high density as real selling points. The problem is, is that the people who like high density aren't represented in the decisions that Typically when a new building is being proposed, the people that will be living there, that is the beneficiaries, that they, they don't even know about it. It's several years in advance and who knows where you're going to be living then. They also live I mean, by the nature of the fact that it's new housing, they're gonna live somewhere else. So they're often not involved in local decisions. And we see that when new high rise apartments do go up, it doesn't really affect local land values. You would think if there was a serious deterioration in neighbourhood amenity that nearby property values might be hurt. But we look at lots of examples of high-density building in, for example, Chatswood in Sydney or Box Hill in Melbourne, and nearby property values move exactly in line with adjacent suburbs. So we think that the complaints of resident
0: opponents are both exaggerated and unrepresentative. We talked about the Federal Parliamentary Review, which is underway, and I guess they've got to sort of take in the high-density housing. I mean, that's all sort of consideration, isn't it, for them? It is. I mean, we, many people, many of the submissions to the inquiry
1: said that the solution to our housing problems is for Australia to be building more high-density, particularly in our inner cities, in the, in the suburbs of our major cities. And so that is really the solution. The federal government doesn't actually control density of land use, but it can be
0: encouraging the states and local governments to be building more. Do you think that incentives for local bodies should be sort of tied back to you know something like a federal review? Exactly. So at the moment,
1: the federal government just gives a lot of money to states and local governments unconditionally. And we think that that it should be putting a housing requirement on that money. So that instead of just giving them a big grant of X million dollars, we'll give you you $1,000 per house that you build. And tying the money to actual progress in housing development will greatly improve the incentives of local and state governments to approve
0: more housing and coming back to that question about high density and how people are opposed to it there is a bit of a silver lining with regard to all of that and let's keep it in mind that with urban density does actually increase jobs and wages doesn't it so there's a bit of a positive spin-off yeah the um Cities are a job creating machine. That's where the
1: high wages are. That's where the jobs are. We have this possible problem or this issue of crowding because cities are so successful in generating employment. That's why everyone wants to live here. In terms of local amenities, sure, it'd be lovely to live in Grafton or the Mornington Peninsula or some other rural town, but the reason we're here is because that's where the economic activity is. There's a lot of research finding that concentrating people together boosts productivity, improves technology, and it leads to high wages.
0: Hey, Peter, thanks for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. I feel that we've just sort of scratched the surface and we will have to get you back another time and sort of double down a little bit on this very issue. But thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Thanks a lot, Craig. It was fun. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.